Making everyone happy on vacation isn't easy, but you know what is? Going to Aruba. All you have to do is walk out your door to find pristine pools, relaxing white sand beaches, and an island teeming with outdoor activities that'll put a smile on any face. You won't just feel great, you'll all feel great, filled with a calmer, more peaceful vibe that radiates Aruba's warmth. And the best part is, it never fades. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your family trip at aruba.com. Hi there, this is Jillian on Love, and I am on a mission to teach people how to completely revolutionize their romantic relationships by first transforming the relationship they have with themselves. So whether you're in a relationship, single or heartbroken, I've got you covered. I'm Jillian Tarecki, certified relationship coach and teacher with over 20 years experience helping people transform their relationship with themselves through their bodies, breath, and minds. I have coached and taught thousands of people to become better versions of themselves and change the way they show up for and within their love lives. Today's episode is titled, The Truth About Chemistry. (laughs) And I've gotten a lot of requests to do an episode on this, so here I go. So here's the truth about chemistry. In many ways, chemistry, that physical attraction that we feel with someone, is a mystery. It has mostly to do with hormones, pheromones, and neurotransmitters. And when we feel sexual chemistry with someone... There's a whole cocktail of chemicals, hence chemistry, being fired from our brains, such as adrenaline, dopamine, oxytocin, and norepinephrine. So there's a lot going on in our physiologies when we feel that burst of attraction for someone. And so therefore, the fireworks of immediate physical attraction that we will feel with someone is in fact intoxicating. We are intoxicated by all these chemicals firing in our systems. And thus it's very addictive. And so if we do not have a clear understanding of who we are, what we need, we will like caged animals, often do anything such as on the most extreme side of the spectrum, justify abuse just to be connected to the person that we have this chemistry with. And this is why I always say, and will reiterate here, this is why the immediate intense spark, note intense, can be dangerous for many if it is not balanced with discernment. More on that soon in this episode. Because when it comes to the topic of physical chemistry and just chemistry in general, it is important to note that we can have various types of chemistry with various people, such as emotional chemistry, intellectual chemistry, and even spiritual chemistry. And when we do have a deep enough emotional chemistry with someone or intellectual chemistry or spiritual chemistry, it can, not always, but it can lead to more physical chemistry 
even if that immediate intensity isn't there in the beginning, that immediate intensity that so many people are always searching for. So what causes us to have chemistry with someone and what is the difference between healthy chemistry versus unhealthy chemistry? Well, first I want to say this. I believe that if sex and physical intimacy is important to you, and look, not everyone values it the same, but if you value it, then you have to be attracted to the person that you are dating and considering being in a relationship with, or you have to be attracted to the person who you're in a relationship with. So I am in no way denying the importance of chemistry. But I will say that if you want healthy chemistry with someone, if you want to be attracted to those who are not only going to be play a role in your life that's a role of a trauma bond, then you have to get over the need to feel totally overwhelmed with that spark to the point where you feel obsessed with anyone and you need to get over the need to be the object of someone's obsession. And I have to normalize this because I think that this is something that we're taught from a very young age, we're influenced very strongly by culture and Hollywood and films and whatnot, that to be the object of someone's obsession and to feel that immediate like rush of excitement and obsessiveness over someone is how it's supposed to be. But if we were also to learn from art, oftentimes when that is the case, it is depicted more typically in younger love and it always ends in heartbreak. Because do you really want to be so intoxicated by your attraction to someone that your judgment becomes completely clouded? Because that's what happens. And I would say, don't believe the hype. Don't believe the hype of that intense kind of interaction. Yeah, it's fun in the beginning, really beginning, but it very quickly becomes manic. And we feel like totally ungrounded. We lose all our judgment. And it can lead us very quickly into a chaotic roller coaster of emotions with anxiety and despair being the centerpieces of those emotions. And not to mention, when you're on someone's pedestal, because that's what happens is that we get upset, you know, we have that real intensity in the beginning, that kind of teenage crush-like intensity. We put the person on a pedestal. They put us on a pedestal. And let me be very clear about something. When you're on someone's pedestal, you will, without question, inevitably, one day become the fallen hero and they or heroine and they will become the fallen hero because to be desired is not the same thing as to be valued for who you really are with all your beauty strength and messiness and when the reality sets in that we are just not a projection of someone's childhood, teenage, Hollywood-influenced archetype of what a, a romantic partner should be, when the reality sets in that we are not that projection, 
that we're not someone's dream girl or dream guy or dream person, we will then be knocked off that pedestal so quickly and then we'll think, I'm never loved for who I am. No one really sees me. Once they see my flaws, everyone leaves. And that becomes the story, the narrative that starts to define someone's love life. I know it's defined mine in the past. And the reality is, is that that's not the truth. The truth is choosing based just on this and choosing partners and allowing ourselves to be seduced by the and addicted to that intoxicating cocktail of neurotransmitters and hormones without using our discernment and then projecting the ideal onto someone, which we do on unconsciously, which is why I'm doing this episode to make it so that it's not in your unconscious anymore, but it's very much in your consciousness so you can do things differently. And we start to project the ideal because we can completely lose our minds. And I should actually add, we lose our higher minds, the part that knows better, the part that wants better. And we can easily be reduced to this primal instinct of the caged animal that lives inside of all of us. And then that's when we're just projecting falsehood onto other people. We don't see them for who they really are. And we don't even want to see them for who they really are because once we see someone in their entirety, well, then we don't have chemistry with them. And that is something that needs to be changed through maturing. And, and for some people, it just it's just a matter of maturing. So that's the first thing. And I will get more to that and healing that in a moment, but that's the first thing that I wanted to point out. Another thing that I want to point out about what causes chemistry is women and women who are, I would say, just people in general who are attracted to men. Let's just say that. And I see this more in women who are attracted to men. will typically have a lot of chemistry with someone who they see as strong. Typically, we have a lot of chemistry with strength. So that's why you'll see women... A lot of women be attracted to certain physical features in a man that makes him appear strong, will be attracted to certain things like they have purpose and they're driven because we see them as strong. Because typically what women who date men are looking for is someone who's going to protect them if things get really gnarly in their lives or from danger. Okay, this is just... I'm talking primal instinct right now. And a lot of men will be attracted to those who they find beautiful. They're attracted, they're seduced by what they perceive as beauty. And it's not, and women are attracted to that as well, by the way. I'm just talking about what typically tends to happen is that if you are attracted to the masculine, you will be attracted to strength. And if you are attracted to the feminine, you will be attracted more to beauty. We're attracted to all of this, but this is just the pattern. But attraction can be a sneaky little devil because sometimes what we perceive as strong is actually not really strong. Like for example, and I've used this example in other episodes, and I definitely would recommend, by the way, if this is really resonating with you, that you check out my episode from November 21st and November 28th of 2022, 
One is the truth about emotional unavailability and situationships stop tolerating less than what you deserve. So that would be really important to listen to as well. This episode is brought to you by Lomi. I hate the smell of rotting food and waste in my garbage. And living in New York, it is very difficult. So I wanted to give Lomi a try because Lomi transforms my garbage into quote unquote gold at the push of a button. Lomi is a countertop electric composter that turns food scraps to dirt in under four hours. So now there's less garbage. There's no more food rotting in my garbage and smelling up the kitchen. And thanks to Lomi, I only have to take out the trash once a week and it's hassle-free, mess-free experience and no more leaking bags. Plus, I turn my waste into nutrient-rich dirt that I can use to feed my plants and one day when I have a garden to feed my garden. That means it's not going to fill landfills and produce methane gas. I get to help the environment as well as make my life easier and that's great. So if you are someone who gardens, by the way, all the food scraps, plant clipping, and even those leftovers that you forgot in the back of the fridge that go back into the garden, helping you grow more nutritious food right in your backyard. So it's kind of amazing. It feels great to know that I'm creating soil instead of waste. And I've also learned that food waste makes up a huge portion of our personal carbon footprint. By reducing the amount of food I send to a landfill, I'm helping to do my part for the planet and that feels good. So if you do have a garden, Gardening focus for spring, you will also notice that your vegetables grow bigger, stronger, and without as much work in the garden. So it's just a win-win. So whether you want to start making a positive environmental impact or just grow a beautiful garden, Lomi is actually perfect for you. Head to Lomi.com slash onlove and use the promo code onlove to get $50 off your Lomi. That's $50 off when you head to Lomi, L-O-M-I dot com slash onlove and use promo code onlove at checkout. Thank you, Lomi, for sponsoring this episode. So this archetype, let's say, of the bad boy, which I've used before because it's a really common one that's used in art, in film, in literature, and that this bad boy archetype could appear to be very, very strong, you know, tough, they're going to protect you. But really, when you get in a relationship with this archetype, they don't protect you. They're not strong. They're actually incredibly tortured and typically, they are going to be what is referred to now in the current zeitgeist as, you know, the one who will probably be narcissistic. So we have to, if you're attracted to strength and you're attracted to beauty, we have to expand what it is that we actually find strong in another person. You know, what, what, what is it about someone's character? that we're going to find strong? What is it about someone's energy rather than just merely the features of their face or the composition of their body? What is it about their energy that you can find beautiful? 
And that's really important. I do think that as we get older and as we mature and as we heal, we do start to change what we're attracted to. Yes, strength is important. Beauty is important, but there's other things that we start to become more attracted to, like having a strong character, like having a warmth and a kindness and a softness to someone, like someone who is passionate about certain passions, like someone who is passionate about you, right? Like it gets to a point where chasing the love and the attraction and the chemistry of someone who's just not really that into you in the way that you are with them, that after time becomes very boring. And what becomes attractive is someone actually having strong chemistry with you. Now, it's not a guarantee just because someone has strong chemistry with you. I'm not saying that's a guarantee that you're going to have chemistry with them. But over time, finding that attractive is essential, especially if you have a pattern of just chasing unavailable. The third thing that I want to point out is parents. And this is an important one and it's a deep one. Our subconscious, which is a very mysterious part of our psyche, will be drawn to those who remind us of home because our subconscious loves the familiar. And you know, this is not always a bad thing, but when we have had a troubled relationship with the parent as a child, it is certainly not uncommon to then find ourselves as an adult in relationships, or at least one relationship, where our dynamic with this person is plagued with a similar dynamic that we had as a child with this parent. So for example, being in a relationship with someone who is very judgmental and critical with you, just like perhaps you experience that from a parent, or being in a relationship with someone who shuts down and pulls away at the first sign of conflict, that feeling that you had growing up with a parent who did the same thing will be replicated in that adult relationship. You know, it's not necessarily dating someone who looks like your parent, who has a similar personality to your parent, although that definitely can happen. And if you have a parent with a great personality, dating someone who reminds you of your mom or your dad and the best parts of them is just part of what we do. And that's not a bad thing. But let's just say, you know, you have a very traumatic slash troubled relationship with a parent, it's not that you're necessarily going to date someone who looks like them or even reminds you of them initially. But like I said, once you get into a deeper relationship with them, you start to notice certain dynamics and what becomes familiar is a feeling that you had around them. Like for example, my father dealt with a lot of mental illness and some narcissism, just kind of quite a few things, right? And so as a child, what would happen is 
what I experienced from him is a lot of shutting down, a lot of emotional unavailability, a lot of sort of like darkness. And so my feeling around that as a child was a feeling of tension, a feeling of walking on eggshells. That was really the main thing. And so even though I didn't, not every relationship I had ended up being that way, what ended up in my marriage is I ended up being married to someone who couldn't be more different from my father personality-wise. But when we, the main issue that we had together was issues around conflict. And he would do the exact same thing that my father would do in many ways. And so I would feel like I'm walking on eggshells. So I was subconsciously playing out the drama of my childhood in this relationship. And this is when, you know, chemistry can be very tricky and can be very unhealthy. And if you're in a relationship where this is happening, a couple of things need to happen in order to heal. You either both, number one, actually, it's on either or. Just I just want to throw this in here because this is important because I know there will be a fair amount of you listening right now who are recognizing yourself in my words right now. And so if you're in a marriage or a relationship, a partnership of any kind where this is happening, can it heal? Well, it depends. You would need third-party help, and the two of you would have to be able to see that this is happening, that they're working, they're, they're projecting their mom or dad onto you, you're projecting mom or dad onto them, you're both playing out a similar dynamic from childhood, and then you would need someone really tough and direct, someone who's really going to help the two of you see that and to kind of be co-healers in your relationship. And if that can't happen, then it's a relationship that that needs to end. And then really usually the big life lesson from that is, wow, you know, I have to learn to love myself. I have to learn to be in relationship with someone who doesn't have that pattern. I have to learn how to assert myself so that if I ever suspect an eggshell being thrown at my feet, I will refuse to walk on it. So I break the pattern internally. So it's really, it's the feeling around this person most of the time that is reminiscent of the feeling you had when you were growing up. This episode is brought to you by Hungry Root. Sick of wasting so much food? It's not an impossible situation. Hungry Root is here to solve your meal planning and over shopping woes by combining meal planning and grocery shopping all in one. No more full trash cans, only full stomachs, which I like because I waste a lot of food and sometimes it can get really stressful to have to get a bunch of food and then not eat it all. It's just, I, I really, it actually drives me crazy. So I really enjoy using Hungry Root. Spring is here, and that means the end of stews and soups and refreshing our weeknight recipes. If you're trying to actually eat a little healthier and sort of bring on the spring season with just better gut health, feel better, and also, you know, more than anything else, stress less in the kitchen, we found the easiest way to do it all, and that is Hungry Root. I know for me, there are so many times where I just wish I could snap my fingers and have like all my recipe searching, grocery shopping, and meal planning done for me. It takes a lot of time. And so that's basically hungry root. You'll never think about what's for dinner or breakfast or lunch again. 
Hunger Root is the easiest way to get fresh, high-quality food delivered to your door. They've got healthy groceries and simple recipes all in one place. So all you have to do is take a fun, short quiz, and Hungry Root will get to know you, your goals, and how you like to eat, which I love. The fact that it's catered very specifically is actually the needle mover for me personally. So what flavors do you like? Which kitchen appliances do you use? They'll keep your needs top of mind and start building your cart. Hungry Root will recommend groceries based on your taste. Take their suggestions or choose anything you want. They've got fresh produce, high quality meat and seafood, pantry staples, healthy snacks and sweets, and much more. I mean, I know that when I've ordered from them, they've just had so much in there and it was just amazing. So Hungry Root does go beyond your weekly grocery haul with thousands, thousands of easy recipes that actually put your groceries to good use before they get forgotten in the back of your fridge and then go to waste. So right now, Hungry Root is offering Jillian on Love listeners 30% off your first delivery and free veggies for life. Just go to HungryRoot.com slash OnLove to get 30% off your first delivery and get your free veggies. That's HungryRoot.com slash OnLove. Don't forget to use our link so they know we sent you. There is a saying that we end up marrying her mom or dad. (laughs) And sometimes, like I said, it's not a terrible thing. But like I said, when it is terrible, it is something that can either potentially maybe be worked out in couples work with a lot of accountability, or it becomes one of life's big lessons and we need to heal. Another example is if you believe that no one loves you and you have felt very rejected and uncared for as a child, you will end up having chemistry with those who don't choose you or are not that interested in you. And so when we do find ourselves in a pattern of having chemistry with those who are not good for us, we have to do the emotional labor to change the way we relate to ourselves so that we can become more conscious of our patterns and therefore choose differently so that we're not consistently playing out painful childhood dynamics in our adult relationships. And I know that can be a lot, but with awareness, a lot can change. Number four, film, literature, Hollywood, it influences us, like I said before, and we cannot deny that influence. We are the subject of so much conditioning that's not just childhood. And the more that we bring awareness to that and we start to get more grounded in who we are and what it is that we really need to feel connected to someone, the less we will be seduced again by, like I said, this notion of, you know, if, it, if we don't feel obsessed with someone, then we're not attracted to them, which is BS. You don't want to be obsessed with anyone or the subject of anyone's obsession. All it means is pedestals. All it means is becoming the fallen hero or heroine. And nothing ever good comes from that. Another thing that happens with chemistry is this idea of opposites attract. And the phenomenon behind opposites attract is as follows. 
we will often be attracted to qualities in others that we have suppressed so strongly within ourselves, but a part of our subconscious yearns to be around that. So like, here's just a low-hanging fruit example. Let's just say you have a really type A personality. You're very perfectionistic. You like everything to be a plan. You like to know things that are going to happen ahead of time. You like to be prepared, right? So I'm, I'm obviously explaining just a very extreme form of this, but let's just, let's just go with this example. And you find yourself very attracted to someone who's the opposite. They're go with the flow. They actually prefer not to know what's going to happen next. They like the variety of that. Their temperament is much more relaxed. They're not so anal. And so when you're around this person, it feels really good because you can relax. You can find that relaxation within when you're around them. And so why would that go with the flow person be attracted to you? Well, because they're attracted to your strength. They're attracted to the order that you bring to life. They're attracted to the way that you get things done. These are all being attracted to the suppressed part of ourselves. And it can work. But the reason why a lot of these relationships where it's opposites attract can really just go down the tubes Because usually what happens, I'll backtrack, usually what happens is that very thing that we loved in the person in the beginning becomes the thing that really triggers us and annoys us. Because then it soon becomes, why are you always so go with the flow? Why don't things matter to you more? You, you You don't take things seriously enough. You don't plan enough. It becomes on the other side. Now, you never relax. You never just enjoy the present moment. You're always stressed out. You're stressing me out. And so we lose appreciation for the very thing that was the reason why we fell in love with the person to begin with. And what I would say to that is one of the keys to success in a relationship is learning how to continue to be appreciative of our differences and really honoring our differences. And then also honoring the part of them that really is the part of us that we need to honor more within ourselves. Because if we're always type A, we kind of do need to relax. And if we're always just go with the flow, we kind of do have to have a little bit of order. And it's only when we can see that can that relationship work. But unfortunately, what tends to happen in a lot of relationships is that, you know, we, we get in and all of a sudden we just want the person to be more like us. And then we try to change them and we get frustrated that they're not different and What we're doing, unbeknownst to us, is that we're no longer accepting the person for who they are. And that's very painful for everyone involved. Healthy chemistry is when we're attracted to someone who is going to treat us with respect (laughs) at the very, very 
foundation of it all. That is what we need and want. And healthy chemistry happens when we are actually attracted to someone who we're compatible with. Because many of us know the saying that, you know, love is not enough to make a relationship last. Well, just having great chemistry with someone is also not enough to build a life with them. Because there is, without question, a lot of compromise that comes with being in a relationship. But when you're really compatible with someone, you're not spending all your time compromising because you enjoy doing a lot of the same things together. You know, not everything, but a lot of things. So you're not spending all your time, you know, in even a given day having to compromise your preferences. And it is so much easier to enjoy the chemistry you do have with someone where you don't have to continually compromise or feel let down or betray yourself. Because no amount of chemistry is worth the anxiety that is guaranteed if you remain in a connection with someone, a relationship with someone, a situationship with someone with whom you cannot be yourself, with whom you have to change yourself, with whom you have to work so hard to be loved, with whom you have to compromise all the time. It's just not worth it. And it may take a little while to find the person who you have chemistry with and you're compatible with, but I think it's worth it if what you want is to build a long-term relationship. It's just sort of non-negotiable in my book. And also, it's important to note that we can actually have chemistry with many different people. Chemistry is not that deep. And I think we put too much stock in it. It's about who is going to captivate you and turn you on in the long run. Because again, we can have chemistry with anyone, but who are you actually going to give the chance to? The chance of being in a relationship with you, the chance of loving you. I mean, I could have chemistry with someone who's absolutely terrible for me, but my discernment tells me, yeah, I'm really, I have a lot of chemistry with this person, but I know that long-term, like it actually wouldn't work. Long-term, their personality would start to bore me or long-term, like we don't have actually enough in common to have enough of an an intellectual connection. And that's important to me long-term. This is just not going to be good for me. And that's the way I want you to start to think. Chemistry and connection are not bad. They're essential. They are essential ingredients of attraction. And like I said, attraction is important. But it's also a sneaky little devil. Because that connection in the beginning that you feel with someone, it's chemistry. And as exciting as chemistry is, for a lot of people, it's unreliable. Because without self-awareness and without healthy self-esteem, we get ourselves into trouble. So how do we protect ourselves from getting into trouble? How do we protect ourselves from having our judgment so clouded that we end up investing our energy, time, and emotions in a relationship that doesn't have much leg to stand on? 
I believe, and I've said this before, that for a lot of people and for more people than not, it is when you start dating someone, for example, waiting to have sex. How long? As long as it takes to build an emotional connection and to feel like there is a compatibility there and that you're on the same page. Sex complicates feelings and emotions for everyone. And unless you are either so not into someone emotionally and having sex with them is just a convenient way to satiate your primal desires, your emotions will get involved. This is not a weakness. This is being human, by the way. And having sex when you are interested in someone will make it so that you confuse lust with love. And it's just simply not the same thing. Because like I said, to want someone, to desire someone is not the same thing to really value who they are fundamentally. With maturity, it's starting to have chemistry with people that goes beyond the intense, lusty teenage obsessiveness. It's starting to be attracted to those who carry themselves with confidence and grace, starting to be attracted to those who are kind. Now, although I do think that chemistry, physical sexual chemistry can grow, you cannot force it. So I know the feeling of meeting someone who's great and you're like, I just am not attracted to them. Look, it's just how it'll go and you can't force it. But I do think that if you have an interest in someone, if you find them interesting, if you find them attractive, even though you may not feel that over-the-top spark in the very beginning, I do think that as you get to know someone and you start to find that there's other layers of chemistry, that the sexual attraction can really build. And by the way, I have seen this countless times and I've experienced in myself, sex can go downhill really fast when you don't trust or respect someone. So you can have all that intense chemistry with someone and when you're in a relationship with them and you're both having a lot of problems and maybe stress is getting in the way and maybe your dynamic is unhealthy, your sex life will go downhill when you lose trust in someone and when you lose respect for someone. So I mention that because it's important to note that as important as chemistry is, that we don't overrate it to the point to think that like it's something that will just keep a relationship together. Because indeed, the glue of sexual chemistry can be very, very magnetic and sticky and it can keep a lot of people who should not be together together. But I've never not seen it sever once things have gotten bad enough between two people. So conversely, when you really build trust with someone and you really respect someone and you really feel like someone opens to you and is vulnerable with you, that chemistry can really deepen 
with emotional intimacy. It really can. So that really is the truth about chemistry. And I wanted to share this as really just sort of food for thought and to help you understand that like you can have spark with someone without it being this out of control intensity. And I think that growing out of the out of control intensity to wanting to finding more value in the compatibility and more value in trust and the vulnerability that comes with getting to know someone, that that's very important. And I think it's an important part of emotional availability is the ability to really be vulnerable with someone and to let someone in. I think that sometimes having intense chemistry and that's all you know is a way to avoid the deeper emotional intimacy stuff that is so important in a relationship. And yeah, I mean, I think that these are the lessons that we learn as we get older and as we mature and as our values shift. And also as we start to, like I said, see strong character and special energy as being the things that become the most magnetic in a person. And that we, when we can learn to lose chemistry with those who don't treat us with respect or who don't choose us. And like I said, you know, it's the discernment that's really important. It's being able to walk away from a circumstance where you feel very physically drawn to someone, but everything else is so wrong. And deciding that like, you know, that intense chemistry that might be so hard to walk away from is sort of overrated because if you were to continue to have a relationship with that person, it would fizzle. That relationship and that chemistry would fizzle because it didn't have the trust and respect and the safety and the vulnerability that is necessary to support chemistry being sustained over the long term. And so that's why I would say putting so much stock on sexual chemistry is a mistake, even though I understand the importance of it being present. So that's a lot. And I will be doing an episode soon on what happens, like why we actually lose attraction in relationships and what we do, which is not an easy thing for me to discuss, but it's very important. It's a hard truth. What we do to actually make it so that we become less attractive to the person who once thought we were like, you know, very, very attractive. So not an easy one, but I think important. And I just hope that this helps. So this episode was really about the truth about chemistry, healthy chemistry versus unhealthy chemistry, why it happens, how it can build. And I think that it's a really important one. And so, you know, you might find that you need to heal some things. You might find that you need to heal something from your childhood. You might find that you have to start to use more discernment. You might find that you need to retrain yourself to find certain things really attractive. And that's all part of 
growth. That's all part of our evolution. Okay, so I want to add something about healing this. And sometimes if you have found that you only have chemistry with those who hurt you, or you only have chemistry with those with whom you have a situationship with, right? It never actually mounts to anything. Or you only have chemistry with those with whom it mounts to something very hurtful for the two of you, right? It's one thing if this has happened once or maybe twice, depending on how old you are. But when it's a pattern, when you're only finding yourself having chemistry with the unavailable person or the person who does not give to you at the level that you give to the relationship, you know, it's painful. Then what's necessary is an internal renovation. And that might mean therapy for you. That might mean if you grew up, for example, in an alcoholic home and what you have found, which is very common, that you are starting to now date a lot of alcoholics. Sometimes it just takes waking up to that and then being like, okay, well, this is obviously something that's coming from childhood. And it's a pattern that I am determined to break. And if you can't break it on your own with sheer awareness and will, then you would actually need to go see a therapist. And it's absolutely worth it. But I also want to point out that we are so heavily influenced. There is a conglomerate of influences that are part of our psyche. That is Hollywood. That is, of course, childhood. That is our peer group. That is romance novels, literature of all kind. And so we have to really understand that Sometimes we're having chemistry with a particular person because they are the romanticized archetype that is a product of our conditioning and that you may have likely had since you were a child. And so part of the internal renovation is to really examine that because the archetype is really is a metaphor, it's a representation, it's a type. And it is the most surface level of a person's being. Because here's the thing. If the thing, if the person, if the archetype, if that type, you know, if you were to think about or write down like what your type is, the type that you have so much chemistry with, from the physical, also from vibe, energy to other things. And your type is the type that keeps bringing pain into your life. Then your picker is off. And that's like I said, when the internal renovation and healing has to happen. So, you know, maybe your type is you go for the broken bird and you think, wonderful, this broken bird is going to need me now. I can feel like their hero and they're never going to leave me. Maybe you go for the tough guy or, you know, the one that you think is always going to protect you, but really he just takes from you. Or you go for the person who always has a really big problem and you think, even unconsciously, but now hopefully it's more conscious, you think, I'll be the person who heals them. They'll need me. Because when you're a picker, that's the part of you that's choosing people, that's the part of you that is having chemistry with people who are not good for you or represent a pattern that you have to heal within yourself, right? Because if like, for 
like I said, if you're always going for the broken bird or the person who has the big problem, then you can feel good enough for that person. A lot of these roads lead down to the road of self-acceptance and self-worth. I did a whole episode on this, but really that's what it boils down to. So if you're having chemistry with the wrong people, part of the reason why you're having chemistry with them is because of an outdated, heavily conditioned idea of who this person is and what this person represents. And you have to kind of get under the hood of the car, so to speak, when it comes to meeting someone and see what it is that they actually stand for. And you need to expand your type and not just look for someone that you can project this childhood fantasy and ideal onto them based on your influences. And so for those of you who are asking, well, you know, I keep associating healthy with boring. So if I keep going for the person who's wrong for me, how do I go for the person who's right for me if I don't seem to have any chemistry with them? It might be a really big internal renovation. It might be a matter of just growing up. But at some point, what happens is you recognize that boring is the thing and the pattern that keeps bringing me pain. Boring is the habit that I keep repeating that I've actually outgrown. And what's exciting to me is someone who I can grow with. What's exciting to me is someone who I can solve problems with, who I can actually get into an argument with and we can work it out. What's exciting to me is someone who knows who they are. And what's exciting to me is someone who is kind. And what's exciting to me is someone who is confident enough to put me in my place when I'm not being kind to them. What's exciting to me is someone who has, who has a confidence, even though they have problems just like everyone else. And it's only, like I said, once we do that internal work, that renovation, that we start to associate so much pain with the usual thing that we've always done, with the usual type. And we're ready to maybe heal some stuff that we have from childhood. Again, a lot of that healing comes with the self-awareness. And that's when the whole landscape, the whole internal landscape starts to change. And that's why one of the first questions I would ask you is, are you willing to do that deep inner work if you're finding that you keep having chemistry with the wrong people? At some point, we have to replace the chaos with peace. We have to replace that with the excitement that comes with growing with someone and doing fun things with them. We have to learn to choose from our hearts, but also from our wisdom. I will never ask you to go for someone with whom you have no chemistry, but I am suggesting that you might develop really strong chemistry with someone once you give them a chance and you discover how incredible and how strong their character is, how much you have in common, or the things that you don't have in common are the things that are really exciting. You might develop really strong chemistry with someone when you laugh with them. So don't just immediately dismiss someone just because at first glance, they're not your quote unquote type. That is the biggest mistake you can make. And if you are someone who needs to do that internal renovation, then take this advice. Take this advice I'm giving you because it might be the most important advice I give you. 
don't force the chemistry, but give it a chance by being vulnerable and letting someone see you and seeing someone for who they really are and how they contribute to the world and to your life. And so what I would love for you to do is to share this with anyone who you think this could help. You never know whose life you could be changing and certainly whose love life you could be changing. So please follow, review, give a great rating, share. And if you have any comments or questions about this episode, please reach out to me at hello at jillianonlove.com. And until next time, I thank you for listening. Jillian on Love is a Q Code production, executive produced by David Henning and Steve Wilson, produced by Ryan Countshouse, edited in music by Will Tendy. Get ready for Tangents with Tyler and Todd, a brand new podcast that will be the newest addition to your weekly routine. Hi, I'm Tyler. And I'm Todd, and we're your hosts, ready to dive in headfirst as we explore life's biggest questions. We were kind of caught up in other people's goals of what's normal. And not for a moment did we let up the gas enough to think, what do we want? While giving ourselves permission to go completely off the rails. I don't think that... Dildo is, you can make it an adjective. Dildoween? Yeah. Did I do that or did they? It's giving comedy show with a sprinkle of soul searching on top. Premiering October 18th, Tangents with Tyler and Todd is your new go-to podcast that will make you laugh, cry, and question everything. With new episodes every Wednesday, get ready to laugh, learn, and grow with us every week. Tangents is coming and you won't want to miss this. Mark your calendars for October 18th and subscribe to Tangents with Tyler and Todd wherever you listen to your podcasts. Hey, this is Eric Malinsky, host of the podcast Imaginary Worlds. Each episode, I explore different sci-fi fantasy genres, talking with filmmakers, novelists, game designers, cosplayers, comic book artists, and anyone who works in the field of make-believe. I also look at the fan experience, asking, why do we suspend our disbelief? You can subscribe to Imaginary Worlds wherever you get your podcasts.